God is definitely speaking to us, and I am so excited to be a part of it this morning. I have the privilege and the honor of kicking off our next series called This Is How We Fight. Come on now. This is how we fight. And if you know me very well at all, you know that I have a little bit of a feisty personality. Um, I blame it on the Cuban side of, of my heritage. I'm half Cuban. That's the side that I own. Um, it's a joke. It's actually kind of true, though. Um, but I, I, but I, I do not like watching people live less than what God has called them to live or to live without things that are rightfully theirs or to live oppressed. Don't you just hate watching people live oppressed? How many of you see things on television, you see people all over the world, or you come across people, and that just makes you upset on the inside when you see people not being treated or living the way that you know that they should be treated. Can you identify with that? That's how I get when I watch the body of Christ. I don't, like, Jesus paid for so much on the cross. so much on the cross. Amen? And I don't like watching people live less or walking in less than what Jesus has provided for them for. And I also want to breathe life into you this morning as well, because just like Pastor Kevin was saying, we're going to talk all month long and encourage you to get your fight back. Because I know what it's like to be in a long haul season or a long battle season, maybe walking through something. You just begin to endure rather than run at it and be victorious. And so I want... I. I I just believe, God, that by the time this series is done, you'll walk out of here refreshed. You'll walk out with your fight back. You'll walk out because when you hear something, then faith builds in that area, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you're going to constantly be hearing something about, listen, this is who you are. This is how you fight. You are an overcomer. We're believing, God, by the end of this, man, your faith will have grown. Amen? And, man, I'm just excited. So... Before I just keep talking, I want to get to, get to a couple scriptures. Okay. You ready? Okay. So, um, oh man, I just get so excited. So we're going to start. Now I'm going to tell you, it's a little dangerous for my husband to have me open the series. Because there's just so much in my heart that I want to share. Have you walked through some stuff? I've walked through some stuff. And I have, I have had to dive into the Word of God. I've had to dive into worship. And I know that you have as well. And so there's so much inside of me. If I could just even put my coaching hat on for a minute and say, let me coach you a little bit. Let's get into the Word of God. Let's see what God says. I have so much in my heart that I want to share. So I can't share everything, right, today? Because we've only, we've, you know, otherwise we could be here all week and that's just not okay. And you have lives, I have lives. You know, all that kind of stuff. I know I have one life, but um, we're going to dive into the Word of God, and I just have such a full heart. So we're going to see how far we get. But can you just open your heart to receive from the Word of God today? Can you just do that? 
Can you just prepare, say, Father, my heart is open. I am ready to receive all that you have. Speak, Lord, to us this morning. God, I thank you that your word of God is living and it is active. Father, it is sharp. It changes us. It cuts. God, it shows truth. It exposes what needs to be exposed. God, it produces the harvest you intended for it to produce. So produce a harvest in me this morning, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. All right, we're going to start with a scripture found in 2 Corinthians. I believe this one will be on the screen. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We're going to look at verses 3 through 5. It says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Let me read that one more time. For though we walk in the flesh, right, we live in a physical body. We're spirit beings, we have a soul, and we live in a physical body. So we walk in the flesh, but we don't war according to the flesh. Which means when you fight your battles and you're walking through life, so many of us, oh, my iPad here, there we go. So many times we often think that the person seated next to us is our enemy. Or maybe not the one seated next to you, maybe one across the room or in another state. My friend, can I just encourage you that they are not your enemy. They may not be kind to you, but they're not your real enemy. So we want to flip the script and stop looking at individuals as being our enemy. We're going to walk by faith, and we're going to do this the way God told us to do that, and there is an enemy out there. But don't you think what a distraction, what, what a tactic of the enemy to get us to focus on the wrong thing? when if we would take our eyes off of what we have been fighting and begin to realize who really is behind a lot of that and fight God's way, we'd take a lot more ground. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. All right, now we're going to look at another scripture. We're going to go over to Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to look at verses 10 through 18, very famous set of scripture. It's talking about the armor of God. I'm so excited about this. Are you excited? I'm so excited. Okay. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. Wow, that's there again. But against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Wow, now we've just seen it in two different places. Now we just see it, we saw it in Corinthians, and now we're seeing it here in Ephesians. It says, Put on all God's warm armor. Why? Because we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities. So maybe there is a battle going on outside of what we can see in the physical realm. 
because we just saw it in two different places. But I want to draw your attention to the beginning of verse 10. It says a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. I want to encourage you in here, for those of you who feel that you are weak, you are not weak. You are strong. You are far stronger than you think you are. The Bible says, greater is he that's on the inside of you than he that's in the world. And in my weakness, he is strong. Amen? You are strong. In your DNA is not found weakness. It is found strength. The righteous are as bold as a lion. That is your DNA. Okay, keep going. Put on all of God's, God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you'll still be standing firm. Stand your ground. Now, I want to read that, that specific part of, um, from the New King James Version, verses, those two verses, Ephesians 6, 13 through 14. I just read out of the New Living Translation. Now I want to read those two verses in the New King James. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, the very next sentence says, stand therefore. So I want to encourage you with this. Okay, can I come down here? I've not come down here before. I'm so excited. Look at this. Look at this. I'm so excited. The Bible says to you, having done all to stand. Okay, that means that when you get to the place where you've done everything you can to stand. Have you ever been there? You've gotten to the place, you're like, God, I've come to the end of myself, having done all to stand. But then the very next sentence, what do you do after you've done all to stand? You keep standing, right? That's who you are. That's in your DNA. After I've done everything that I can in the midst of the situation, in the midst of what's going on, the Bible says after you've done it all, you keep standing. That's in your DNA, and that's who you are, my friends. You're not a quitter. Oh my gosh, I've got so much to share with you <laughs> in my heart this morning. But you're not a quitter. The Bible says to go on and stand. And as we dig into this, we're going to keep hearing more and more of the tools that God's given us, right? So stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth. What is the belt of truth? It's the truth of the Word of God. There is, a, there is an absolute truth. You have an absolute truth to live your life by. There, it is called the Word of God, and that's how you stand. You understand that you're not, you don't have to not understand which way to go. You don't have to be in a place of wondering, am I supposed to live this way, or how do I do this, or be confused? The Bible is absolute truth, and that's part of your armor so that you don't have to be confused. Amen? You can go to the Word of God. That's part of the way that we fight. Fight. We fight with the word of God, the truth. And I want to, you know, when you think of armor, when I think of somebody who wears armor, um, and you think of, you know, knights in, you know, like England, I don't know, whatever fairy tale, it looks really clunky and it looks very uncomfortable. And I often think, how on earth do you fight wearing that? Right? 
But this armor isn't clunky and it's not uncomfortable and it's not anything that inhibits you, but God's armor actually gives you freedom and allows you to live in the capacity that you were meant to live. So when you don and put on God's armor in your life and when you use it and live inside of his armor and let it surround you, amen, and let it guard you, then you can actually live victorious the way God designed for you to live, amen? So when I'm gonna, I'm gonna hang on to the truth of God's word. Then I'm going to go on and I'm going to say, you know, uh, belt of truth. Hold on. i got to turn the page. And the body armor of God's righteousness. Why would God's righteousness be armor? Because I am in right standing with God. And the enemy can't take that away from me. I have been made righteous, not because of my own doing, but because of what God has done for me, what Jesus did for me on the cross. I didn't do it. I didn't earn it. I could never do anything to earn it, but it is a free gift, and that's part of my armor. I get to hang on to that because, again, nobody and the enemy certainly can't take that away from you. You get to live in not going in and out of his righteousness, but I live in his righteousness. I live my life from that place. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. Peace, why is peace part of my armor? Because the peace that passes all understanding, amen, goes with you. You don't have to live in torment. You don't have to live in fear. You don't have to live in anxiety. You don't have to live in worry. You have the peace that passes all understanding, which means it doesn't make sense to other people. It doesn't make logical sense to have God's peace in the middle of what you're walking through. People would look at you and be like, how are you so calm? Why is, what is that? It's God's peace. It's part of my armor. I'm not easily swayed, I'm not easily moved. I have his peace. So when I have his word on it, I can stand firm on what he says. Amen? In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Man, the shield of faith. Faith is simply just trusting God at his word. If he said it, there's no more buts. If he said it, I believe it. And I live my life that way. There isn't another option. I trust him. I take him at his word. He loves me. I trust that. He said that he's going to provide for all of my needs. I trust that. He said that, the, that I can know his voice and the voice of a stranger I'll not follow. I trust that. He said that I have the Holy Spirit, that he's my comforter, and that I'm never alone. I trust that. I have the shield of faith. And when I trust and believe God's word, why does it stop all the fiery arrows? Because the devil doesn't really have anything new in his arsenal. He does the same thing he's always done, even from the Garden of Eden. So when he looked at Eve and he said, did God really say to you? What did he do? He just tried to cast doubt on God's word to her, and it got her to question it. it got 
got her to say, well, I don't know if God really said that or not. And then what did she do? Then she veered off of the truth of the word of God and went her own direction and it brought what? Destruction. It brought sin. It brought a path that she didn't want. But when you take God at his word and you go back to the word of God, it's like that shield of faith, man, that's right in front of you and it blocks the doubt. It blocks the question. It blocks the attacks of the enemy. Praise God. You have a shield of faith. Okay, I gotta keep going. Okay, um, put on salvation as your helmet. Praise God. I'm gonna filter all, I love that it's even my helmet. I like, hate to filter all my thoughts through salvation, through God's view of me, through what he did for me. All of my thoughts have to go through that. So if the thought doesn't line up with that, then I get to do what the last set of scriptures said in, in uh, Corinthians that we're talking about. And let's take every thought captive into the obedience of Christ. Do you know how I fight my battles? I take every thought captive. Take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Amen? So when thoughts come into my mind that don't line up with the truth of the word of God, then how do I fight? I stand there and it is work. I stand there and I take those thoughts captive, which means how do I take a thought captive? I can't touch it. I recognize that it doesn't line up with the truth of the word of God and I will stop and I will have to pause in order to change the direction of my thoughts. I can't stay thinking in that direction. I have to stop. I have to recognize it and I have to say no. That doesn't line up with the word of God. This is what God says. So if you have thoughts that come to you saying that you're worthless or that you're not loved and you begin, you know how those thoughts, it's like an onslaught of things that start coming and they torment you in your mind. So then what do you do? You stop and say, no, I know that, that those are the thoughts that are going on in my head. I can feel the emotions and the feelings that come with that. But you know what? That's not what God's word says. God's word says that I am loved, that I am his child, that I am accepted. And you begin to declare the word of God in those situations. And that God has not forsaken me, that I'm not rejected, I'm not alone. My friends, that it takes intentionality. There's work on our part to fight. But if you'll do the work, there's freedom on the other side of it. This is what is ours. So yes, there are onslaughts. Yes, there's things that come and try to attack us, but you have the tools. God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. My friend, don't settle for where you are anymore. Don't put up with the torment. Don't put up with the lies that are going on in your head. Don't put up with living less than what God's called you to live. Don't put up with the enemy moving in your life anymore. Don't put up with whatever he's bringing. Stop. Stop. You've got it. Greater is he, again, greater is he that's on the inside of you than he that is in the world. You have the Holy Spirit of God on the inside of you. He's given you his name. He's given you his armor, which is the truth of the word of God. He's given you the tools. It's our job to enforce it. And to push back. And to say enough is enough, is enough. And there are moments when the feelings don't match what it looks like to walk by faith, right? There's moments where the feelings don't match it, but you do it anyway. <clears throat> Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Praise God, we have His Word. 
the sword of the Spirit. You begin to decree and declare the word of God. It is living. It is active. It changes things. Amen. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. This isn't just something that we want to talk about because we feel like it's a good topic. Like you are in great company as a believer who doesn't quit. This is not something that we're just, man, this is a good feel-good message. If you open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, just want to read a few, few scriptures there for you. Hold on one second. Okay. I want you to hear the DNA of the early church. This is Paul. Therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this new way, we never give up. He said he doesn't give up. We reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God. We tell the truth before God and, who, and all who are honest know this. Look at verse 8. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we're not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we're not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Verse 13. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. Verse 16. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see, can, see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. Listen, listen, look, I, I, got, I got so excited reading this. I was like, wait a minute. I'm in good company. This is your spiritual heritage. And over and over and over again, he said, we're not going to give up. And I would, I, would, I would bet that the things that Paul was going through, being shipwrecked, beaten, imprisoned for his faith, though that happens around the world, I would, I would kind of just imagine if I were to throw a percentage out there, I'd say about 99.9% .9 of this room is not currently going through that. And he says, we don't give up. We're going to keep preaching the gospel. Why? Well, you can see his perspective in verses 17 and 18. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. I don't know, but I think that if I got shipwrecked and beaten and put in prison for the gospel, I feel like those are kind of big deals. But he's got a different perspective. He said, they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and lasts forever. So we don't look at those troubles. For the things that we see now will soon be gone. The things we cannot see will last forever. He's got a perspective. He's like, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to quit. He's got a no, no quit at attitude. He's not going to back down. And neither are you. 
You're not going to quit, and you're not going to back down, and you're not going to stop, no matter what it is that you're walking through. And if we can shift our mindset from thinking, man, look at me, all this stuff is happening to me. And then if we can flip that around and say, you know what? He is, I am an overcomer. I'm a conqueror. Greater is he that's on the inside of me. Again, same scripture than he that's in the world. I am victorious. He causes me to always triumph. And I get a, a different perspective, an eternal perspective of, yeah, some of this happens. Some of it is the enemy's doing, sure. Some of it is that we live in a fallen world, sure. Some of it is just my own choices brought things on. But either way, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep doing the very next right thing. Thank you to Princess Anna. Just do the next right thing. Has anybody seen Frozen? Okay. Princess Anna, do the, very, do the next right thing. I'm just going to keep doing the next right thing that God tells me to do to put inside of me, and I am going to continue to move forward, and I'm not going to quit. Amen? Amen? Okay. All right. I love this. So this is how we fight. So I've mentioned some of these already, but I want to, hopefully your heart is starting to get stirred up that God has... that you aren't, he's equipped you, that you're not alone, amen? And hopefully your, your, your spirit is just starting to come alive and say, I don't have to just endure. I don't have to just, just that nothing's ever going to change, and I don't have to just exist. But I, I, can, I can push back. And I want to share just a couple of ways or at least categorize them as points so that you can take them home on ways that I fight, believers fight, ways that we fight. So to categorize it, I would say, one, we fight with the word. We've said it already, but we fight with the word. That's what Jesus did in the wilderness, right? When he went out in the wilderness and the devil tempted him, how did Jesus respond? It is written every single time. And the devil couldn't stand. He had to leave. Resist the devil and he will flee. How do we fight? You go back to the word. It means you don't have to fight in your own strength. It means you don't have to come up with your own ways. You don't have to come up with your own strategies. You don't have to get creative on your own. This is how I'm going to maneuver. This is how I'm going to try to make this work. My friend, you can just go back to the word. It is all there. God said, the word says, by his stripes I'm healed. The word says that my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. The word says that I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I just go back to the word. Another way that I fight, I fight by knowing who I am. Listen, if you don't know who you are, it's really difficult to fight from the place that God's provided for you. If you don't know, 1 John 4, 4 says this, if you don't know that you are of God, little children, and have overcome the world because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world, like I've been speaking to you, if you don't know that, then you begin to fight from a place that it's, so let me put it this way, it's different. If somebody doesn't know 
that they're the rightful heir to something, right? Say an estate. And somebody is actually trying to maneuver to take that away from them, but they have no idea that they are the rightful heir, then they let, just let it happen because they don't think they have any authority, right? But if they find out that they're the rightful heir, that it's legally their estate, that it was meant for them and everything in it belongs to them, it's their property, it's theirs, they have the ability to do with it what they're supposed to do with it, and they see somebody coming in to take it, and they look at the document, and it says, this is mine. I've got it all right here. It's written out. I have the legal paperwork. It's got my name on it. This is stamped, signed, sealed. This is mine. What do they do? They can walk up and be like, you, you don't have authority to do this. And I can call all of the proper authorities to kick you out. I have the backing of the courts. I have the backing of the, of the, of the legal system. I have all of the backing that I need to walk up and, and to throw you out of here. But if you don't know that, if you don't know who you are, if you don't know what's rightfully yours, it's very difficult to stand up and, and to move some of that because you don't think you have any authority. Let me just encourage you with who you are really quick, just a few scriptures, because everywhere through scripture, God is trying to tell us who you are. He wants you to know. He doesn't want you to guess. He wants you to know. He wants you to know that in Romans 8, 37, yet in all these things, we are more loved than, con we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. He wants you to know that you're a conqueror. In Deuteronomy 28, 13, he wants you to know that, and the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You'll sh you shall be above only and not be beneath. Amen. He wants you to know that you're the head and not the tail. Amen. In 2 Corinthians 5, 21, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. He wants you to know that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He wants you to know that you are in right standing with him. He doesn't want you guessing. He's telling you. He's putting it out there. This is who you are. He wants you to know in Romans 8, 15 through 7. Oh, this is one of my favorites. For you did not receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, listen to this, and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Listen to that. I'm joint heirs with Christ. I'm a child of God. He wants me to know that I'm his daughter because it changes the way that I live. It changes the way that I walk. It changes the way that I talk. It changes the way when I'm facing situations that seem impossible. It changes all of it. When I walk into a doctor's room and hear a report for a loved one, it changes the way that I even sit in that room because I can hear it but I sit and receive it as a daughter of God rather than sitting and receiving it as somebody who's hopeless, as somebody who is not sure how they're going to make it through. I can sit and I know that I'm a daughter of the Most High God. So he is with me and I have his covenant and I have his promises and we're going to go right through this thing. When you realize who you are, you fight from a different place. I fight, and I said this before, thanks to Princess Anna, 
I fight by doing the next right thing. You know, Ephesians 6.13 says, having done all the stand, stand. We read that scripture earlier. But he tells you what to do. You just keep standing. I'll just keep doing the next right thing. You know, it's interesting. I was thinking about the story. How many of you remember the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Yes. What a powerful story, right? She's got three Hebrew children. And, and um, they decided, well, they didn't. Anyway, long story short, they didn't bow down to an idol. And the king was really upset because he wanted everybody in the kingdom to bow down and worship. But if they did that, I mean, they'd be bowing to somebody, something other than God, right? And so they just knew they weren't going to do that. So what did they do? In the face of penalty of death, they said, we're not going to bow. So they just did the next right thing. We have the benefit of seeing what happened on the other side of the story, but that hadn't happened yet. It wasn't written. It's not like they could read scripture and then go back and live it. They didn't know what was going to happen. As a matter of fact, their answer to the king when they came before him of what was going to, you know, like, are you going to renounce your God and bow? And they, they looked at him and said, no. They said, our God is able to deliver us. They're like, we're not going to do that. But then they said, but even if he doesn't, we're still not going to do it. So they didn't know. They just did the next right thing. The next right thing was not to bow. And the next right thing was to tell the king, either way, this is what we're going to do. And then what happened? They get thrown into the fire, which got heated up however many times hotter, killed the guards throwing them in. The king looked in and realized there weren't just three men in there. There was a fourth one that looked an awful lot like God. Jesus was right there with him in the midst of the fire. Next right thing. Another story of mine, favorite story of mine, is David and Goliath. I love that. I mean, that story just kind of gets me fired up. Because David's sitting here looking at the Philistines, and he's looking at his brothers and the rest of the Israelites, and he's like, why are y'all not taking out the Philistines? And they're like, because they're giants. And he's like, yeah, but do you know who God is? And he gets upset because he saw something that was out of alignment. So he looked at Goliath taunting God's kids, God's nation, God's people, and he said, this ought not be. So what did he do? The next right thing for David was to run out in faith and say, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he begins to attack the, the, the children of God? And what did he went out and he killed that thing. That was the next right thing, to run head on into the battle. The next right thing. Every choice we make in life is a seed. And every one of our seeds begins to produce a harvest. Oftentimes, the most powerful thing you can do in the middle of whatever you're walking through is to simply not pivot from your course and just keep walking forward according to the Word of God. You just keep walking. You just keep walking one step in front of the other. The next right thing, the next right thing on faith. We don't deviate from what God says. Amen? I fight from a place of faith and not fear. Second Timothy 1.7 says this, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound might. I fight from a place of faith and not fear. First John 4.18, perfect love casts out fear. There is no fear in love, 
but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. doesn't mean you don't ever feel fear. But I don't choose to stay in fear. I choose to step out of fear and step into faith. And it's a choice. It's a choice. Fear comes. I can feed that fear and meditate on worry and all the things that can go wrong. Or I can step out of that and begin to meditate on the word of God and what he says about the situation. It's my choice. It's my choice. When situations are happening and coming at us that make us uncertain and they kind of make us shaky and we, have, we feel that fear, man, then it's my choice to say, you know what? I refuse fear. I, I'm not going to be in that place of tor torment. How do I get out of that? I pivot. I'll put on worship music. I'll go straight to the word of God. I'll get somebody on the phone who's going to pray and speak truth with me. We're going to decree and declare the word of God. I am going to, I'm going to declare God's truth. I'm going to declare the faith of the word of God into those situations and circumstances. I'm going to fight from a place of faith. What happens when you fight from a place of fear? It begins to be like this panic and this uncertainty and it's like grappling. But when you can pull yourself and step out of that fear and into faith, and now I'm sitting here, I'm looking at the word of God and I'm like, no. God, you said, God, you promised, God, your word says, and you, you said that by healing, by your stripes, I'm healed. God, you said that I would always have everything that I needed to do what you called me to do. God, you said that you would supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory. God, you said that you would never leave me and forsake me. I'm not going to pray from this place who's just like, do you, do you see the difference? I fight from a place of faith. Amen. And the last one we're going to talk about today, and there's so much, there's so much, but I just want to give you some tools to encourage you, to help us grow, to help us even mature as believers as we walk. Because there's so many things that come at us on a day-to-day -day basis that would try to take us off course or that would try to get us to stop going after what God's called us to do they would try to get us to live less than what God's got for us. But if we, can, if we can realize that we don't have to settle, right? Man, can you imagine the body of Christ who doesn't put up with it anymore? So if I could just give you today just some scriptures to even go home and just let get in your spirit if I can give you some truth of God's word about what he says about you, if we can, if, if the enemy's been shouting lies in your head, saying that you're one thing, and you're like, wait a minute, that doesn't line up with God's truth, that we just heard this scripture today, if that could even just be exposed and you start to come out of agreement with a lie, that's victory, amen? If we can just get us to stand up and to stop settling and stop just enduring, but to be the overcomers that he's called us to be, then that's victorious. Amen? So the last one, oh, there's a couple more, but I'm just going to say one more. I'll do this one. I fight by growing. And what do I mean by that? One of the ways that I've fought personally 
even my own personal life, battles in my own life, is I've just made up my mind to grow. No matter what I'm going through, I've made up my mind, I've decided how I'm going to come out the other side of the battle. I've decided ahead of time, in the middle of it, that I'm going to come out stronger, I'm going to grow, I'm going to, I'm going to come out on the other side of this thing. I, I've thought, for example, I know we share our stories all the time about when, the, when, when um, we were expecting our twins, but we share a lot of stories not to glorify anything, but just to help, you know, just share practical ways that you can take some of this and apply it to your life. So the pregnancy with the twins was a little bit difficult, to say the least. And there were a couple times I was put on bed rest uh, in the beginning of the pregnancy, but then also in the middle to the end of the pregnancy. In the beginning was just a couple weeks, but as it kind of came to the end, I was on bed rest for eight weeks at home. Praise God, they were my first kids, because that would have been hard. It was hard anyway. Uh, but eight weeks at home and then five in the hospital. So when I went on bed rest at home, I mean, I, I didn't leave the house. Well, I wasn't supposed to leave the house, but shh, okay. Um, but I didn't leave the house, so I couldn't go do things, and I didn't have anything else to do. So I just sat there, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to grow through this. The enemy's not going to win. And so I just sat there and played uh, sermon after sermon after sermon after sermon after teaching tape after message on faith after message after message after message after message after message after message. I read books. I got into the Word of God. And I decided that I was coming out growing on the other side of this. Was I perfect? No. Did I have temper tantrums? Yeah. Maybe a few more than I care to admit, but God's shoulders were big enough to hold them. I just purposed in my heart, I was going to grow. I was going to come out on the other side, and I was going to grow. When we transitioned from Illinois, and there was a, a season of stepping out in faith, I had to do it again. Because we didn't know what was going on. We were just trusting God, doing what he told us to do. There's all, you know, kinds of like pressure and just whatever in your own head. And I was like, how, how am I going to walk through this? I know I'm not going to be perfect, so I'm not going to set myself up for failure in that regard. But I, I can determine how I'm going to come out on the other side of this puppy. And I, again, was I proud of everything? No. There's a lot of things looking back I wish that I'm like, oh, if I would have just done it this way. But I sat and I said, you know what, I'm going to grow through this. So I sat and I dug in to God's word. I dug into godly relationships that spoke truth and life into my life. I had like so many worship times inside of my kitchen when I was by myself doing dishes. Man, the Holy Spirit came down <laughs> while I was washing dishes. I had times I snuck away and put noise-canceling headphones on just to get in the presence of God when I needed to. I picked my journals back up. I started reading tons of book, uh, books again. I said, I'm going to grow through this because I get to decide that. If I can't control all the things outside of me that are going on, what can I control? I can control what I feed my heart and my spirit because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Amen? And I know that the more that I pour in there, that's the direction of life I want to go. Amen? So why don't we all stand this morning as we get ready to come to a close.
It's been a powerful morning and I know that God is speaking to us as a church, as a body, just encouraging, breathing life, amen? This is how we fight. This is how we fight. We fight with God's armor. We fight with the tools that he's given us. You are overcomers, you're more than conquerors. You are victorious. You are the head only and not beneath, amen? You are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Greater is he that's on the inside of you than he that's in the world. And you are not quitters. You don't quit. You don't quit. For whoever that's for, I felt that even this morning when I was praying for you, if there's somebody out there, you kind of on the verge of that. Listen to me, you don't quit. You are not a quitter. That is not in your DNA. And you come out of the agreement with those thoughts in Jesus' name. That's, that, those are not thoughts. Those aren't thoughts from your heavenly father. Those aren't, that's not who's saying that to you. You are stronger than you think you are. You are, have more on the inside of you. You are, you victorious. Let's just lift our hands, will we? And I'm just gonna pray. Father, I thank you for this amazing, amazing group of men and women of God who are in this room. God, I thank you that you see them. God, you know every story. God, you know every single person in this room. God, I thank you for the anointings. God, I thank you for all that's at work on the inside of them. God, I thank you that as we go through these next four weeks, God, that you continue to elevate us. God, you continue to grow us. God, you continue to mature us. God, you continue to help us to break out of old mindsets, old ways of thinking, old ways of doing things, old ways of, of just saying, well, I guess that's all there is or I guess I can't do that. I break that off right now in the name of Jesus. And I say this room is a room of overcomers. This church is a, is a church of individuals who are victorious. God, that we walk in the fullness, God, of what you have for each and every one of us. That we don't quit. We don't just endure. We don't back down in the face, in the face of adversity. God, we run to, God, what you've called us to do. That we live in the fullness of the calling on our lives. And God, I thank you that we are a body that begins to speak life to one another. And if we see somebody that needs to be encouraged, God, I thank you that we don't judge from the outside, but God, that we begin to speak life. God, that we begin to build each other up, that we speak truth to one another. God, that this is a force to be reckoned with, that this room is a room full of anointed men and women of God who are victorious and overcomers. In Jesus' name. So God, I thank you for that this morning. I bless this group in Jesus' name. And with everybody's heads bowed and their eyes closed, I wanna make sure that everybody in here this morning has had a chance. If you've never given your life to the Lord, or maybe at one time you had and you walked with the Lord, but you've walked away and it's been a while. We don't want you to leave here this morning without an opportunity to get things right. And so if that's you this morning, in just a second, I'm gonna have you raise your hand right where you are and we wanna pray right where you are and give you an opportunity just to commit your life to the Lord again or for the first time. You know, the Bible says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, amen? And so that's an exciting moment. You don't have to stay 
out of relationship with him, you can make him your Lord and Savior and be back in right relationship with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And so if that's you this morning and you haven't, or maybe at one time you did and walked away, we wanna give you an opportunity to make things right. So on the count of three, if that's you, just put your hand up. We wanna pray right where you are. Whether you're online or here in the room with us, we wanna pray. On the count of three, one, two, three, go ahead and put your hand up. We don't wanna miss anybody. If that's you in the room today, we wanna pray with you right where you are. I don't wanna miss anybody. I'm looking for hands. There's a hand there. I see one hand, praise God. There's a second hand, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I don't wanna miss anybody. Anybody else? All right. Church, would you pray with me for those two and anybody who's watching with us online this morning? Just repeat this after me. Dear Father, I thank you that you see me just as I am. I know I've sinned and walked away from you. I ask you to forgive me. I make Jesus Lord and Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can you celebrate that with me this morning? God is so good. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 1030 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.